Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. So today we have with us my beautiful friend and coworker, Lisa. She is an amazing soul and definitely part of my soul family. And she also does amazing energy work. She does Reiki as well. She is extremely intuitive and she is a light worker, which is why I invited her today to talk about her spiritual gifts that she's been putting together over the past few years. Her and I have had lots of conversations. She's been putting together like this puzzle. As it's coming together, it's just so very beautiful. And I feel she's such a special soul. And I think a lot of you listeners will be able to connect to her story and some of the gifts that she has. We couldn't find even a lot of information on it over the years because she does a lot of her work in her dreams, which I find is so fascinating. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you girls and thank you for having me here with you today. Yeah, I'm so glad you finally are coming on here. Yes, I'm learning to, as Mandy would say, own my shit. (laughs) I've heard you say that in many of your podcast episodes and I realized um, through my journey that I'm able to own my authenticity and open up about my story and share it with others. So thank you. I appreciate you having me here. Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) But it's freeing. It is. Yeah. So tell us about your childhood. You've had a lot of grief in your life. So would you mind sharing that with us? Oh, absolutely. I have had contact with spirit my entire life. My mom writes about it in my baby book, talking about how I had my imaginary friend, Maria. And she talks about how I would spend hours and days in my room having tea parties and conversations and playing with Maria. And when I was young, they said I had a very active imagination. And then, you know, moving on through life, I, and I was young, so I don't remember Maria. I just read about it in my baby book. And my mom would tell me stories Moving on in my life, I had physical contact with spirits where they would come to me in hologram form. So I just always accepted that as truth and real, and I never questioned it. One of the most pivotal points in my life is when my dad came to visit me. I was asleep. I was in my bed, and my dad woke me up. He was sitting on his knees at the side of my bed, and he was just beautiful. And my room was illuminated with light, and I just felt this power of love coming off of him. And he said to me, Lisa, I love you, and I need you to know that something happened tonight. Something happened. There was an accident, and I didn't make it. And at this point, I was seven years old. It was a few days after Christmas in 1979. And he said, I'm always going to be with you. I'm always going to be a part of your life. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to worry. You don't need to panic. But I need you to know the police are going to be coming to your house soon to let you know. Your mom is likely going to be very upset, but you don't need to be upset because I'm always going to be with you. I'm always going to be a part of your life. And he sat with me. He sat with me on the bedside. And I remember just feeling embraced and loved, and I was excited. I wasn't afraid. I wasn't worried in any way. And sure enough, there was a knock on the door. My mom started screaming, you know, no, no. She was in denial and disbelief over what happened. And my mom never came to me that night. My mom never came to me in the middle of the night to tell me what had happened. But the next morning when I went downstairs, I asked her if my dad had died and she asked how I knew and I said he came to me and he told me and she just kind of left it at that you know we didn't really have more of a conversation about it but I learned at a very young age when you tell people that you talk to spirit they'll start whispering about you (laughs) they'll they they express concern so when I would tell them, you know, my dad came and he told me and I don't have to be afraid and he's here with me, you know, they'd be, okay, okay, Lisa, that's, that's great. 
And then, you know, the grownups would go off and whisper about my, my denial or imagination or whatever it was. So I learned at a young age, you don't really tell a lot of people that you're a physic. Fast forward a few years, I had a cousin that I was best friends with die and he was hit by a car. And uh, he came to me and he told me that he didn't want me to be sad. And same thing, you know, the spirits really didn't want me to be sad. They wanted me to know that they were with me and they were a part of my life. I remember being about eight years old, going to the funeral, wearing a glove and a Michael Jackson shirt and dancing around because he wanted me to be happy because everyone else was gonna be sad. And again, I told my family, he's here with me. He came to me, he talked to me and everyone is like, that's so cute. <laughs> you know, that's so cute that she holds them with her. And then later in life at age 13, I had another cousin that I was very close to commit suicide. Again, another visit at my bedside while I was asleep. He was sitting on his knees at the side of my bed. And he said, I love you. And I looked at him and I was like, I love you too. How did you get in here? Because now I'm older. I realized that as I'm looking at him, he's a hologram. He's see-through. His physical essence is there, but he's see-through. And he said, I love you. And just like my father, people are gonna be coming very soon to tell you what had happened. And you know, he, he told me that he took his life. I heard a banging on the door and it was my family. It was my aunt and my other cousin coming to tell us what happened. They, they just lived down the road. And when my aunt frantic and screaming was saying what happened, I said the same thing I said with my dad, did Michael kill himself? And she grabbed me and she shook me and she said, did you know? Did he, did he tell you? And I said, yes, he told me. She said, when? I said, just now. Why didn't you tell anybody? I said, he, he was already dead. You know, he had already passed. He came and told me. And she looked at me and she said, why would you say that? And I went, what do you mean? Because he came to me and he, because that's what happened. So at about age 13, I realized this is something that you openly talk about. People get angry. People question your mental stability. People um, don't like hearing all the time that you talk to spirits. And she was like, why would you say that? And she was hysterical. And my mom told me, just Lisa, go back to your room. And I sat there in like a state of wonder, like, but don't you, don't you want to know? Like, this, because I was never afraid. I've always been very accepting of the spirits in my life. I've always known it was truth and I've always accepted their visits and I found it was the people around me that weren't very accepting of their visits. So I learned this is something that you kind of keep quiet and I really hadn't talked about it much. Visitors would come to me over the years after that, but those were the three that pretty much um, cemented the foundation of my journey because they were family and it was personal. And then throughout the years, I would see scattered souls and, you know, I just acknowledged it like, oh, they must have passed. But only recently have I started embracing what I'm doing, realizing that it's a gift and realizing that I'm not the silent observer. I can actually participate in their passing. I can ask questions. I can help them realize that they have passed because some of them don't know that they've passed. I can help with some of the grief that they're trying to process. And I've taken on a very important role, helping souls transition to the other side. Did you have a lot of bad dreams when you were little? No, I, I never had bad dreams, quite honestly. And my dreams are interesting. Um, they look like movies. I'm watching real life events. It's never juggling, um, you know, rhinoceroses or, you know, like people see like hallucinating dreams where nothing makes sense. No, mine are very real. They're movies, they're in color, they're with real people and they're real events, sometimes foretelling events, but always real, never just outlandish wild things. And they've always been that way and they've never been bad dreams. But a couple of years ago, I started having what I consider morbid and tragic dreams. I was dreaming of people passing and the people that were coming to me in my dream, it was every single night. 
I would witness someone's final hours. I would witness what happened to them. I was a part of their passing. And in the beginning, I was like, whoa, what's going on? And I would wake up and I would sit straight up in my bed. And this started about two years ago, right after Christmas. And I would sit startled in my bed, like, whoa, what was that? I'd wake up, I'd grab sage, I'd sage my house, I'd open my windows. And my husband would say, you know, are you okay? Did you have another bad dream? And I would just say, yeah, you know, I had a bad dream. But I knew it wasn't a dream. But at that point, I wasn't ready to tell him, souls are visiting me, spirits are visiting me. Because I found over the years that when you say things, people look at you with like this judgment, this look of concern. And I'm like, you know, I'll just, sure, it was a bad dream. And about two weeks straight of every night having a soul come and visit me, I was tired, I was exhausted, I wasn't sleeping. And it was you, Shanna. We happened to be on the same schedule. We happened to be in the break room at the same time. And Shanna walked up to me and said, what's going on with you? Your energy just doesn't feel right. What's going on? Something's a little bit different about you lately. Are you okay? And I just, I knew I could talk to her. And I said, the craziest thing is happening. Every single night when I go to sleep, spirits that have passed are coming to me and showing me how they die. And often it's tragic. Often it's sudden. These are passings and, and I'm somehow a part of it. And she just looked at me and said, oh, okay. And do you know why? And it was like, I felt, oh, I'm not being judged. I mean, <laughs> what is amazing? I don't have to be afraid. I can talk about this freely. And I sat with her for whatever reasons our schedules aligned. And we sat for an hour and I talked and she answered and she made me feel comforted and accepted. And I said, I don't know what to make of this. Is this me? Why, why are my dreams so gruesome? Like what's going on? Why am I watching all these passings? And she said, well, why don't you ask? And I said, what? <laughs> like, like it was like, <laughs> ask, ask the spirit. And I didn't know that I could do that. She said, why don't you ask them why they're coming to you? And that was another pivotal point where I moved from the silent observer to a participator in the spiritual crossing over of these souls' lives or afterlife. And I started asking questions. What is your name? Why are you here? Do you need help? What can I do for you? Do you know that you've passed away? And I started engaging with the spirits that come to me some of them helping them process their grief, some of them just expressing empathy and letting them know that accidents happen. Some people feel grief. Some people don't want to leave the earth plane because they feel responsible for what happened. Some people don't want to leave the earth plane because they don't know what lies on the other side. And I started asking questions and helping. And when I can't help, I call to what I call my soul team. I call to guardian angels. I call the ancestors. I call to whoever I think can intervene and help when I'm not able to. And then when it's all over, I just feel this rush of love and peace and comfort. And I know that they've made it. I know that they've crossed over. I know that they've found the peace that they were seeking on the earth plane. And it just makes me feel so happy, so happy to be a part of their journey. Wow. So are these like lucid dreams? Do you feel awake? Because I've had a dream before where I felt awake, but my body was paralyzed, but there were these spirits standing around my bed. Is that how it feels? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. I'm in astral. I know that my physical body is in my bed. I know that I'm tethered to my physical body. I am always me in my dream. I am always with the deceased and I'm always looking through my own eyes. Mm. And I am witnessing, I'm there. And yes, they're absolutely lucid. It is like watching a scene in a movie 
in real time about a real person's passing. I appreciate that description because the one time that that did happen to me, you, you said it beautifully, you're tethered to your body. It's yeah. like, I knew I was awake, my soul was awake, but my body was laying there and I, I couldn't move. Mm -hmm. But thank you for clarifying that. Does this happen at a certain hour? Do you find that it happens during certain times? Is there any patterns? So in the beginning, I wasn't writing things down. It would just come sporadically. You know, I thought, well, I'm always going to remember this. I'm never going to forget these events. These are so monumental. I'm never going to forget what just happened. But as more and more and more people would come to me as they were passing, I was like, wow, I need to start writing this down. Uh, and then I would notice I would have dreams for about two or three weeks solid. And then I'd take a hiatus for about two or three weeks solid. And then out of nowhere, they'd appear again in floods. And that's when I said, I need to start documenting this. I need to start journaling these accounts. These spirits are coming to me because they want their story told. They want closure. They want people to know what happened to them. And that is now my responsibility. So I grabbed some notebook and I started every night when I wake up, or rather every morning when I wake up, I journal my accounts. I now put dates on them. I now put times on them because I too am looking for a pattern because I was wondering, why does the flood come in and does the flood leave? How, how is this happening? Is it following planetary alignments? Is it following moon cycles? What is bringing on these floods of information followed by a hiatus? So I started trying to keep track and I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. I've only been diligently journaling for about six months now. What I do know is the memories are most clear as I'm waking up in the morning um, because I was not sleeping. I was, and Shanna can tell you, I was not sleeping. I was coming to work looking pretty ragged, like I haven't slept in weeks sort of feeling. And I said, you know, I really, I don't mind. And I had a conversation with my spirit guides and during meditation. And I said, I want to help. Um, I want to be a part of this process, but I also need to sleep. And then I started noticing I sleep probably from about, 12 p.m. till 4 a.m. And then from about 4 a.m. till 8 a.m., I'm doing lucid dream work and soul assist. And at 8 a.m. when I wake up, I grab my notebook and I journal everything that I remember. Because I'm waking up at times, because when I was waking up at three in the morning and journaling this stuff, I couldn't fall back asleep. I was wide awake. But now there's a pattern. And the pattern is, sleep, assist, wake up, document. My mind is fresh in the morning and I'm able to live my life. And then I have my nighttime astral life and I've learned to balance the two. Do you have reoccurring visitors? If someone comes to you, do they show up more than once? Yes. And it's the distressed soul. It's the people that are having a hard time processing what happened to them. I help all sorts of spirits. Some of them have passed abruptly, tragically, not at their own hand, at their own hand. Some have passed by accident, uh, like a drug overdose. Some don't know that they've passed away. Some accept that they have passed and they just need to share their story and tell what happened and then they can move on in peace. Some stay with me. I had a little girl, Gabby. She stayed with me for about two weeks. She was in my house. She was with me. I don't see spirits when I'm awake. I only see them when I'm meditating, asleep, or in astral. But Gabby, for some reason, she was an eye-opener. I realized I was sitting there watching TV, and I saw a flash, and I looked over, and I said, oh, my gosh, Gabby's here. Like, how did she get out of astral? How did she get out of dream? She's with me. And I told Shanna about it. I said, this little girl was with me. I'll share a little bit about her story. There was a fire. She and her sister hid in a barn, and she was the older sister. They were afraid. They, were, they ran, and they hid there. There was a man involved. She was afraid of him. So she took her sister during the fire, and they hid. All I remember was the barn door closing and her shielding her sister 
And she had a hard time leaving because she felt responsible. She was just a child. She felt responsible. She felt like maybe she didn't make the right decision. Like maybe staying in the barn and hiding wasn't the right idea. Um, like maybe if she had done things differently that they would have made it. And I had to explain to her, look, this is not your responsibility. This was just how it happened. You know, I gave her comfort for a week and at different points, I didn't know that she was with me like 24 hours a day, like, oh, Gabby's with me, but she would pop up and like she popped up in my living room. Like I knew her essence was there. I would feel her. I could feel her with me. And I just said, you know, you stay as long as you need to, because she had to process the loss of her sister, the fact that they had passed and realize that she wasn't responsible for what happened. And when she finally did one day, I just walked into my house and I said, oh, Gabby's gone. Yeah. Like it was just a knowing like Gabby's gone. Like she found peace. And she was one of those visitors that made me realize they can stay. Like their soul attachment is with me now. She's yeah, in they can stay house. They can stay. Mm -hmm. And I knew when she was there and I also knew when she left. What I think is amazing is that over the years, you doing this, you realized that you were kind of counseling. Yeah. Carol Oakley talks about that in her book, how some spirits have to do like some counseling before they go over and tell our listeners about the kind of administrator of the hospital that you go to sometimes in your dreams. She actually has a first and last name. Patricia Cavanaugh. I was at kind of a, a point where I was like, what's happening? Like what I wasn't, this was earlier on this. I was trying to figure out like, why am I having dreams like this and what's going on? And then one night in the middle of my sleep, this woman came to me, this beautiful woman. She was just an illuminated soul and she was bright. And she said to me, I just needed to come down and meet the person that was doing all of this. And I said, what do you mean? And she's like, you're helping these souls cross over. And I just instinctively knew that she was there greeting them on the other side. And I said, oh my God, what is your name? Who are you? And she said, my name is Patricia Cavanaugh. And she's like, it is so nice to meet you. And I was like, oh my gosh, it is so nice to meet you. You're a real life spirit right in front of me. And she said, you know, she asked me a couple of questions and I asked her if I could hug her. And she said to me, well, you can try. She goes, but our bodies aren't exactly physical the way that they are on a physical plane. And I went to hug her and my arm went through, my hand went through her shoulder and it scattered into pieces. And I realized like these visitors, their spirit essence, they put themselves together in their physical form that they recall and remember. And they're almost like holograms. And so I looked at her in just a state of amazement and she looked at me and she smiled. She illuminated the whole space with light and I felt so much love and I consider her one of my guides. I know there is a point that I will meet her on the other side. She is someone that is meant to help me. She helped me realize what I'm doing. She helped me realize that I'm actually helping souls transport. She gave me the term and there's no book. You know, this, this isn't Beetlejuice. There's no handbook for the recently departed. There is no instruction. I am being taught by spirit. I am being led by spirit. Spirits yeah. that come into my life and present a message and give me a message are my teachers. I help them in exchange. They help me. They teach me how to do what I'm doing. And sometimes I'm given visitors and during that exchange of soul assist, I realize, oh, this can happen. Like with Gabby, oh, they can come back. Oh, they can reoccur. Oh, this is what I'm doing. So I'm learning as I go. Shanna described it perfectly by saying it's like putting together a puzzle because I don't have an instruction manual. I'm learning in my sleep. I'm learning in astral. I'm learning during meditation and I'm being led and taught by spirit. Mm. For our listeners, what does astral mean? to you? So either in meditation or while I'm asleep, my soul leaves my physical body. I literally 
am a hologram, just like my spirit. And I detach from the physical and I project into other realms. I leave the 3D earth plane and I assist people moving from the 4D plane to farther ascension. My physical body is always here, you know, laying on the floor during a meditation session or cuddled in my bed. But yeah. my essence and my spirit leads and does greater work. Awesome. So I found an article on beliefnet.com and it described a night worker. It also talked about sometimes they'll travel to sick people that are still alive and help heal their energy. It talked about how sometimes they will help people cross over like you talked about. And then also they talked about how sometimes they even assist animals who are lost or injured. And then I found this one article that was so interesting. It was about a woman who does tarot readings for people while she's in this state to help guide them. And I was like, whoa, have you experienced any of those? That's fantastic. Um, actually, when Shannon asked me if I wanted to be on this podcast, I pulled out my journals and I read through them. I was reading, reaccounting all my memories. And I came across this story about this, this dog that I had helped. And it was a golden retriever. And I can just picture his beautiful face. He was sitting there and he was smiling and he was panting. He just looked at me and I looked at him and I'm like, well, what are you doing here? Because I had never helped an animal before. It had only been people up to this point. And I looked at him and I just knew that he was a good boy. That's all that I knew. I didn't know how to communicate with him. He didn't know how to communicate with me, but there was a fire and he was in this building and a piece of wood fell on his head and he had a soot mark on his happy little head and he was sitting there panting and I just beamed and I was like you are just such a good boy and he went away you know and it, it was the most beautiful thing mm -hmm. I had never helped an animal before so for me that I was an yeah. animal lover <laughs> I was like oh animal this is pretty awesome Lisa, what I think is so amazing is that you are an empath and you are an empath, kind of like my daughter is an empath, not yeah. like me. We're, we're different kind of empaths. And I just want to point out that if anyone's ever heard of me talk about the person that I know that when I think about her energy, I could see her, her ancestors, the Vikings, you are strong. You are like, you have that Viking energy. And, you know, you remind me a lot of my daughter, Lindsay, I've told you that before, <laughs> who also is very strong and direct. And did you guys hear a man's voice? No. Oh, I did. Yes, I did too. I clearly heard a man's voice. Lisa, I knew you were going to bring some shit up in here today. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Own that shit. Own that shit. Oh, I just heard it again. Well, ask who it is. <laughs> Let's bring him in. I mean, you are talking about my ancestors. I will tell you, I will tell you both. They are with me. They help me. They have helped me on soul assist. When something is too graphic, when something is too traumatic, when I know I can't handle something, I'm praying. Yeah. Angels, ancestors, guards, guardians, guides, whoever right. can help me, whoever hears me, please help me. I call well, that's what angels. I was going to say. I can't go and be someone for the dead because what you talked about the dog the person you know the people that you're visiting a child i i'd be emotional i'd be an emotional wreck okay i wouldn't be able to handle that you handle it so gracefully with strength and dignity almost and give your and this is a purpose and, and you do it so confidently you're not afraid you know, you're the, only you could do this because of the way your soul is, your soul design and your personality together. So I think it's amazing that 
you know, and I bet you there's a lot of people out there who experience this and like, there's not a lot of information out there like this. Like you said, there's no books, nobody's even talking about it. So that's why I wanted you on here to talk about it because I know there's thousands and thousands of people who are experiencing maybe similar things and don't know, you know, to tell anybody, maybe they think it's just dreaming. Lindsay has crazy dreams like that, you know, and wonders why am I dreaming about people shot in the head I've never seen before. Yeah. Or, you know, we, and one thing I do want to bring up is that you also go to the same dream place yes. that I've talked about in this podcast that my daughter's been to, that my, that our boss, Rachel, has been mm. to, that the dream interpreter that we had on a few months back, he's been to. Yeah. And so, Eric, and you know, I, explain that to me, explain that place to me. What do you think it is? And when was the last time you had an experience there? So, um, about six months ago, you know, a, a lot of people talk about 2020 just being a shit year and, you know, it has, we, we've had a lot of loss and it is a bad year and I do not want to discount that in any way, but Having all of this time, I was off of work for four months. I was sitting in my house. I had a lot of time on my hands. And I said, I can either let this get me down or I can, or it can rise me up. And I need to do some deep soul work and I need to work on myself. And I started doing shadow work like you would not believe. And because I practice Reiki, I decided to grab a journal and break down every chakra starting at the root, working my way up and dumping everything that I had, all the traumas, all of the emotional baggage I was holding on to, and I wanted to purge and cleanse my own soul and release. And when I started doing that, man, did the floodgates open. Information started pouring in. Visitors started happening. I realized that I was able to participate in the events that were happening, not only in sleep, but I had more control over it than I had ever imagined. I would ask questions in meditation. I would get answers. Mm -hmm. So guides would come to me during my sleep. They would give me bits of information. I would start researching it. And sure enough, the things that they were telling me were true. And to me, this was validation. I specifically said to spirit, if I'm going to have mediumship abilities, I need to be an evidential medium. I need to know that I'm not just coming up with crazy dreams. I'm going to need some evidence. I was coming up with names, full names. I was coming up with zip codes. I was coming up with words, places that I had never heard of before. And I would wake up and I would Google them and they were real. And I was like, whoa, this has got to be affirmation. Where am I here? How do I make up these words? How do I make up these things? There's no way my brain can do this. To me, this is evidence and it's affirmation. So I started asking some serious questions and I would lay down and I would meditate and I would say, if I'm a guide, what is my purpose? Where, how, how did I get this? How did, how did this come to me? What do I do with it? How can I be of service? And my questions were being answered. Um, I was laying on my floor one day. I put a blanket down. I don't know how to meditate sitting up. I've never been comfortable. I get fidgety. So I decided one day I'm going to lay down and do it. I laid down. I got comfortable. And I said, I want to meet my guide. She comes to me all the time. I know she tells me her name. Her name is May. She's always with me. Shanna has met my guide uh, during Reiki. Um, she's affirmed that she's with me. Um, and I said, you know, I need to meet you. I want to know who you are. And, uh, she came to me and she let me know she was there and I asked to see her and she showed me the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. And she said, well, I'm not a physical form as you know, I'm you, I am everything. I am woman. I am your mother. I am your daughter. I am your sister. And she showed me the evolution of human face going from my mom's face to my face, to me as a child, to a little girl, to a grandmother. She showed me the evolution of woman, mother, maiden, crone. And then she showed me the stars and the galaxy and the planets. And she showed me all of these visions. And I just sat in wonder and awe and I connected and I said, I am everything. 
I understand what that means. I am oneness. I am my ancestor. I am you and you are me. And that's why you're helping me. You're a part of me. You're, you're a fragmented soul part. And I started asking for guidance. Show me. Show me what I need to do. And then through that, um, one night I was asleep and I woke up at about three in the morning and I heard a voice say to me, you are a star seed. And I said, okay, go back to sleep. I had never heard the word. I didn't know what it meant. I, I was like, okay, whatever, you know. And I went back to sleep and I heard it again. You are a star seed. And I heard it about 15 times. And I was like, fine, I'll get up. And I Googled it and it was a real thing. It was a real thing, a word I had never heard, a term I had never known about. Um, this was about six months ago. Here I am at four in the morning, Googling and researching everything starseed. And that's when I said, well, if this is true and I'm a starseed, where am I from? And that's the visitor that Shanna is talking about. I said, show me. I need to, I need to, I need to know about this. And so I was taken, uh, my, my essence, my, my soul during sleep, I went on an astral visit and I went up to a higher realm and I was in this beautiful star planet area. And there was like a little conveyor belt, um, like they have at the airport. There was this little conveyor belt and stars all around me. The conveyor belt that I was on was glass. I was with a light being and I looked over to the left and it was just this beautiful glass castle palace building. And I was with um, who I believe was part of my star family and she was a mother and I was a child. I was, a, a, but I wasn't, I wasn't human. I was a light being. And she was a light being, and um, she showed me the process of reincarnation. She told me that I made the decision. She said, um, you know, as, as the belt is going down and we're on the belt and I'm soaking up the galaxy and I'm looking around me and I'm seeing the stars and I'm seeing the beauty of everything. And I feel this motherly essence with her. And we're standing there side by side and the belt is getting closer and closer and closer to the edge. And I know when I get to the end of this belt, that's when I'm going to fall. I'm going to fall into reincarnation. And she looked at me and she said, are you sure you wanna do this? And I said, I do. And I was afraid, but I wasn't. I knew I wouldn't see my star family again. I knew this is what I needed to do. So I embraced it and I woke up sobbing. I woke up like, oh my God, like I just met my family. Like these are, these are family members to me. And I woke up feeling like, whoa, I have purpose. I'm here for a reason. I chose this. This isn't just dreams. This isn't just coincidences. This isn't just synchronicity. I chose light years ago to reincarnate on this planet. And what I'm doing is a part of my purpose. And I woke up just feeling like, let's do it again. <laughs> let's do it again. Bring them on, bring these people on. If I can help them, if I can guide them, if I can counsel them. Sometimes it's intimidating. Sometimes it's um, overwhelming. But at the end, at the end of what I see and at the end of the conversations I have with these people, I wake up smiling. I wake up smiling every single morning. I wake up feeling like I'm beaming and glowing because I know that these souls have made it. They've crossed over. They've gotten to where they need to be and they're at peace. And in exchange, they fill me with light and love and peace. Wow, wow, wow. Did you guys hear that? I know. <laughs> Oh, must be my that. house. Oh, uh, there are spirits in your house. I've told you that. <laughs> there are spirits, absolutely spirits in your house. So, okay, what I'm, what I'm hearing, Lisa, is that, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, 
you had to accept this about yourself. It was kind of, it was, it was being presented to you your whole life that you had this gift yes. and, and you weren't afraid of it, but you were unsure. So it was acceptance. And then you wanted to have validation from them. You yes. asked them, what is it? And you have continued to ask them. And yet after they tell you, then you go look up on Google, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Really, I do. And the journaling piece. I know that for a while there, you were journaling like bananas. You were filling one journal up at a time, one journal after another journal after another journal. But all these things are so important. So if someone is listening who, you know, is kind of like that 13-year-old girl like you were, that's like, I can't tell anybody about this. I shouldn't speak on this. People think I'm crazy going inside and asking and journaling. Journaling is so very important, um, not just to document the stories of what happened, but to help process my own personal journey and process my own emotions. Because for a very long time, I did feel like I had no one to talk to. And I did feel very alone and I felt awkward and, um, you know, unrelatable because I didn't have mundane things to talk about. You know, when you're sitting in groups with people and they say, what's new? And you say, well, I just helped this soul cross over to the other side. I'm like, what? Go away, Looney Tune, you know? But that, that is what's new. And yeah. so I realized I don't really have much to talk about. So let, how are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> like you just, I would resort to commonalities. And then, um, you know, one day I just realized I sit in circles of people and listen to things that I'm not interested in about all the time. So I'm ready to own it. And when someone asks what's new, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to start saying it. I don't need to keep this to myself. I need an outlet for conversation too. And it can't just be in my head and it can't just be in journals. And I know there are other people just like me that feel alone. I've joined Facebook groups and I absolutely have the most amazing circle of friends that are absolute strangers to me. People that will message me and talk to me and give me encouragement and, hey, you're not alone. And this is what I do. And I'm learning from an army of strangers. And I was like, you know, I'm going to share my story because I am not alone. There are others just like me and they need help. There are no instruction books. I Googled this. Trust me. I woke up and I'm Googling. I talked to spirits. Um, I'm like, hey, is there anyone else? And there's not a lot of talk about it, but I know that I'm not alone. So if anybody needs an outlet, if anybody needs someone to talk to, please, you're welcome to message me. I have a Facebook group of my own called Avalon Awaken. You are welcome to request to join. You are welcome to message me. You are welcome to share your journey with me. I will help in any way that I can. Anyone help, help them get through um, this awakening. One of the very first things you said at the beginning of this podcast was that you've always known your truth. Yeah. And I think that's the difference between you and me because I let the world condition me and I allowed them to make me think I was crazy because you'll always find people debunking your experiences or playing devil's advocate and making you think, oh my God, you're right. I, I didn't actually experience death and crossing over. That was the medications I was on or, you know, but, but you just know. But I, I denied it and resisted it for so long because of that feeling that you're describing where you're afraid people are gonna judge you or not wanna be around you. And so I love that you never allowed the world to do that to you. What you did was you just kept it to yourself, um, which can be probably very painful as well. But I admire that you never let the world strip you of your truth like I did. Thank you so much. I just had the most amazing awakening over the past few years. And I've realized keeping it to myself, people judge me anyway. <laughs> I'm being judged anyway. Right. Harboring all of these thoughts to myself, writing in my little journals, 
sitting there like, you know, party of one. People are judging me anyway. So let them judge me for who I am. I, it doesn't yeah. really matter. And Lisa, I mean, Lisa and Mandy, don't you guys both find that if you dim your light, then you can't attract your like-minded soul tribe to you. If you do yeah. and spread your light, you attract your your tribe, your fan. And that's what you and I did for each other, yeah. Lisa. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely it. And I just, I started realizing, I said, you know, and through journaling, journaling is so important through journaling, journaling and writing my story and telling it to myself because I had no one to tell it to. Um, I realized the universe put you in this position for a reason. Everything that's happened my whole life has led up to this very moment. I've been trained by spirit to do what I'm doing now. And it doesn't matter if I feel lonely, own it, acknowledge it. And sure enough, the universe is going to put someone in your life and they are going to be there for you. They're going to unlock the next you know, level. They're going to, they're going to be a key holder to bring you to the next stage. And when I felt the loneliest, I was crying and I didn't have anyone to talk to. And Shanna walked up to me and she asked, what's going on with you? Your energy is different. I, I just said, I need someone to talk to, you know, I was like, why am I so alone? And you know, why, why doesn't anyone understand me? And Shanna literally walked up to, I didn't walk up to her and say, Hey girl, guess what's going on? She came to me and I said, Oh my gosh, ask, believe and receive. I straight up said, I wish I had someone that understood. And here she is saying, what's going on? Anything you need to talk about? And I was like, Whoa. I just asked for that. Are you a guardian angel in life form? <laughs> someone is coming and three days in a row to answer my call. Thank you so much for being there. You know, and, and it happens time and time again. And it happens so frequently in my life that I know it's not um, coincidence. I'm, I'm, people are put on my path for a reason. I will straight up ask for something or journal something or think it in my head. And just like magic, they appear. And then they answer a question and I'm like, whoa, I can do that? You know, I, I get, I engage more and more with what I'm doing on a spiritual level. So thank you. I absolutely appreciate you. Mm. Well, all I know is that I appreciate you as well because you are that one person I can tell any weird freaking things that are going on in my life too. <laughs> It's great to have another one other than Mandy. <laughs> yes, yep. yes, yes. said something really important. Shanna brought up acceptance was something she heard. What I heard too that I feel is so important for our listeners to understand is that you had to do a lot of work. I was thinking that same thing. Yeah, she I did. Have, I have a lot of women, um, especially who come to me and have a lot of grief and pain and, you know, know they have gifts and want to really connect with the other side and the spiritual uh, guides, but they have too much pain and grief and blockages. And I have to explain to them that that's, that's blocking you. You got to clear all that. And you did the work. You did the shadow work. Does, still. That's what you have to do. So people, if you're listening and you know you have gifts, but you can't connect, it's not that you don't. It's that you have to do the work first. You did a lot of work, with her. She I still does. does. I, I did, and, it, and it's true. It is a part of my daily life now because I, too, suppressed my hurt. I did not want to stir the pot. I said, I used to tell myself, oh, it's suppressed for a reason. We're not supposed to open that door. We are not supposed to go there. Don't let it out. It's just going to stir up hurt. It's going to stir up trauma and it's going to stir up hate and ill emotion. And I don't need that because I'm trying to buy the high. What I didn't know is once you let it go, you vibe higher. I did not know that. And once I started journaling and letting go, and releasing, it became an addiction. I would wake up every morning and I would write frantically in my journals, almost like I was screaming. I would sit here ugly crying, you know, tears running down my face, sobbing. There are days that I'd have to stop and lay on the floor and just cry. And I was crying like a child, like just releasing. 
And I was like, why did I do this? Why did I, why am I reliving this? I knew it was suppressed for a reason. And then I would write more and I would write more and I would write more. And one day I woke up and I said, I have nothing left to write. Holy Jesus, look at this. I am free. And I felt this weight lift off of me and I felt this sense of accomplishment and pride. And I felt this glow of peace and acceptance. Yeah. And people started to notice. And I can see you and your, your fighting sword and your shield, the shield maiden. <laughs> yes. Conquered. <laughs> you released it. So you're not going around bleeding on people that didn't cause your cut and creating more chaos in your life and more pain and more hurt because that's the ugly cycle that you will get caught in if you don't excavate that pain. And it's shitty and it sucks, but at the same time, it's beautiful and so just enlightening. You're in training. That is part of your training. So if you want to vibe at a higher vibration, you gotta do the work and you've got to get into the ugly because that's the only way that you're gonna be able to get to the next level of where you wanna be. I, I love that you said that, you're in training. I love, I love that. Absolutely, and seriously, anybody that's going through this, anyone that's at the beginning of an awakening, someone that's long into it and just doesn't know how to explain it, feel free to contact me. I know what it feels like to be alone. I know what it feels like to have questions and I will share everything that I can to help you along the way. And now it's time for Break That Shit Down. If you are listening and you do not know where to start, if you're already in the thick of it, do the work. Do the work. Seriously. I hear my guides. I hear my ancestors telling me they were knocking at my door years ago telling me, put in the work. And that work means you have to help yourself before you can help others. Take care of your own trauma. Because then once you work through things, you're going to learn how to tell other people and coach other people on how to work through their things. Because you're not taking it from a textbook, you're taking it from your firsthand experiences in life. And you are turning trauma into something miraculous. You're turning it into a gift and a reward and a means of helping other people through it. Journal, meditate. I can't tell you how many people over the years have told me to meditate. And then one day I'm like, fine, I'll meditate. I just thought I couldn't. And I said, all right. One day I just walked in my room. I said, if I can't do it sitting up, I do it laying down. And I started doing the work. And then I got addicted to it. You know, once, once you start asking and you're getting those answers, you're like, whoa, all right, this is otherworldly. I can speak to spirits, they are speaking back. I'm asking questions, I'm getting answers. So put in the time, put in the work, you know, embrace your authenticity and just enjoy the ride. Awesome. Yep. Thank you so much, Lisa, for being with us. I appreciate it. I love you, girl. I love you back. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the platform. You women empower me to stand in my authentic truth. Listening to your podcast encourages me. It makes me realize that I am not alone. So I am so grateful. Thank you. Thank you both. Thank you. Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul.